I have been told that I am the king of procrastination. I have been called lazy. I have been described as someone who starts a thousand projects and finishes none of them. I am the very definition of procrastination royalty. Well, I would be, if only I could muster the effort to attend my own coronation. Did I just describe you as well? Are you part of the royal family? If so, welcome. We need to talk. Hi, I'm Rick, and welcome to Slow the F*** Down, a podcast dedicated to a focused and intentional life, or at least kind of figuring out why we don't do that. And today, finally, we're going to talk about procrastination. Okay, here's the big thing. We procrastinators, we aren't lazy. Yeah, I understand that most folks equate those two states of being, you know, procrastinator and slacker. But lazy people, they lack desire. They simply don't want to think about things, and they obviously don't want to do them. Procrastinators, true procrastinators, are instead troubled by things, and so they find it difficult to get things done. So knowing why we procrastinate is an obvious important first step on our road to recovery, if I could be so bold as to steal the phrase. And that starts with some hard truths by looking at our own personal failures. I know, I know, it's hard, which is why I'm gonna start. You see, for me, every project starts with this perfect sheet of paper, a nice blank just waiting to be filled in with perfection, perfect sheet of paper. And in my head lies the perfect result, that wonderful painting, that perfect story, that creation that will bring tears of joy to all who experience it. I'll give you a for instance. Let's say tonight I was gonna make the world's best Cajun shrimp and cheesy grits. Oh, can you just taste it? Perfectly grilled and spiced crustaceans slathered in this wonderfully browned and dewy gravy. Oh, it's just making my mouth. Wait a minute. We don't have andouille sausage. And the only grits, they're the instant version. So there's no way I can make that dish perfect. So tonight, let's just do Uber Eats. And I'll go shopping for everything tomorrow. Or maybe the next day. Now, if you took that scenario and repeated it with, oh, I don't know, building a new home on wheels, becoming the next YouTube star, pretty much any other project that requires more than magic to accomplish, well, those are my failures. Those are the reasons that I procrastinate. So what are the consequences of living this way, of being procrastination royalty? You, know, you got your falling behind at work. Sure, you got your failing to achieve personal goals. Oh, you know, like the inability to cross basic errands off your list, like grocery shopping and personal hygiene. But you know, there's more to it than that. There's actually emotional and mental impacts of procrastination. You got your depression, your anxiety, your stress, poor sleep, loneliness, and of course, economic hardships, just to name a few. And this whole thing, particularly true in the United States, where so much of our self-worth is just tied up in how we work and what we produce. How often does the phrase, so what do you do, pop up when you meet somebody new? We equate the projects that we finish with who we are as people. Oh, did you know that there's actually more than one type of procrastinator? According to psychologist Alinda Sapodin in her self-improvement book, how to Beat Procrastination in the Digital Age, you could be a perfectionist, a dreamer, a worrier, or a defier. I'll also add that you may have low self-esteem, a fear of failure and criticism. You may suffer from imposter syndrome, might have anxiety, and a tendency towards self-defeat. You know, I could go on listing more and more stuff, but I think I'm just going to stick with Linda's higher-level categories and call it a day. I'll do the other stuff later. You could be the perfectionist. Most procrastinators, well, they usually have some kind of 
perfectionist built right into them because they, we, need things done exactly right. Because that perfect brain image of the perfect finished product, it must be perfectly transcribed, perfectly executed on that perfect sheet of waiting paper. It takes a lot of effort, which more than likely we can never summon up and execute. And if perfection can't happen, well, we'll either get lost in the process or we're simply going to quit when we realize that our goal, it can never be met. You could be the worrier. Worriers tend to be incredibly indecisive, and they're extremely dependent on others for advice and reassurance. And they have this huge resistance to change. They prefer the safety of the tried and true. You see, worriers put off starting tasks because of a fear of failure or uh, criticism in their work. Somebody is going to have an opinion. So it's best that they just never start and never finish. Or you could be the dreamer. You see, a dreamer doesn't like details. They like ideas. They live at 30,000 feet. They have fun in the visualization, but executing those thoughts? Mm-mm. Boring. Difficult. Dreamers also tend to think of themselves as people for whom fate will simply intervene, making hard work and efficiency, well, just unnecessary. How often have you heard, well, I'm just one of those people who just naturally good things happen in the end? But is that really true? And finally, you could be a defier. Folks with defiant procrastination, they tend to view life in terms of what others expect them to do, what society requires of them. And working solely for somebody else's life? I mean, why bother? Okay, so we're procrastinators, and now we know what kind of procrastinator we are. Well, how do we address it? How do we solve our procrastination? Well, we could always hit Google up and go, how do I beat procrastination? And you're probably going to get a lot of basic advice that sounds pretty good on paper, but <laughs> maybe not so much in real life. Here, let me type it in and see what Google actually has to say. Uh, here's one. The more you finish projects, the more projects you will finish in the future. It's a self-fulfilling loop. Better done than perfect. Oh, here's a good one. When you fall off the wagon, you're only one choice away from getting back on. I'm really not sure any of those are really helpful. Okay, so Google isn't our friend. How are we going to solve this? Let's go to a professional. And by the way, I need to tell you right away, I am not that professional. I am not Dr. Mick Higgins who's going to make all of this go away. I am a sufferer of procrastination just like you, trying to figure this whole thing out. So let's say either of us actually went to a real professional. What would happen? Well, we would probably sit there and unpack our childhood and our desire to have sex with our mothers while crying on that therapist couch for a few years, you know, regressing our imperfect upbringing and finally coming to grips that, well, we are simply who we are. <gasps> or we can save ourselves some money and just take some real concrete steps to try to avoid procrastination. Okay, and here's the part where I have to throw the caveat out that I don't know if any of these things are going to work. I've tried a few. I'm trying a few still. I don't know. Maybe something will. Maybe something won't. Would love to hear from you somewhere. Find me on email or some comment somewhere and let me know if they work for you or if you've got some better ideas. But here's what I got for you. Make your goals more achievable. Yeah, I know that sounds like something you would cross-knit on some kind of meme thing hanging on your wall. But think of it this way. Why write a perfect book? Why write a good book when you can write a really, really bad book? I mean, surely you can do that. And then you take that really horrible book and you do this action feedback loop, which is a big fancy way of saying you take your product, you look at it and you go, uh, here's the problems. I'm going to analyze it. I'm going to tweak this thing. I'm going to, the new project is to make it just less sucky. 
And then you repeat that over and over again until well, it's not a bad book anymore. It's actually a good book. And yeah, I know that sounds like just adding so much more work. You know, something a procrastinator is surely going to use as a tool for putting off even more stuff, but it's not. It's actually by biting off smaller, more horrible, less perfect pieces, it's somehow easier to start and finish those things. And speaking of perfection, that also sounds like anti-perfectionistic advice. I mean, write a bad book, but it's actually changing your mindset. You see, you need to understand that your goal isn't to pin Gone with the Wind. It's to write the best damn pile of steaming crap that anyone has ever written. You want to create something truly, truly horrible. And then your next project is just to make it a little bit better. That's perfection. You're making perfect crap. So smaller bites, better goals. Okay, here's another thing I've tried, and sometimes it's worked, so let's discuss it as well. Accountability partners. They can be a really decent crutch on your way towards productivity and a happier finished life. But what happens when you're more, insert your favorite word here, you're smarter, more dedicated, you're better looking than they are. Well, now you've got their baggage to handle as well as your own. So if you go the route of the accountability partnership, you absolutely need to ensure that you're both on the same level of the playing field. Okay, so you don't want an accountability partner. You want to, you need to fix this for yourself. Well, here's another idea for you. Have you ever heard of the two-minute rule? It goes like this. In a nutshell, if a task takes under two minutes, just do it. Answer the email. Take out the trash. If it takes less time for something to be done than to think about it, analyze it, worry about it, and well, just do it. It's, it's faster. You get the stuff completely out of the way. And if something takes longer than two minutes, schedule it or delegate it. Now, let me give you a little minor riff. I live in a school bus, a dedicated converted RV, tiny home on wheels. Well, if I don't take out that trash, it piles up. You may be living in a 5,000 foot square mansion, so not doing that simple under two minute task of hauling out the garbage, you're not gonna notice for a few weeks. I'm gonna be tripping over it the next day. So for me, two minute roll on small tasks, especially pertaining to uh, space issues, goes a long way. Now, just remember this, once you have that little task that is over two minutes and you schedule it on the calendar, it does not absolve you from starting it. You see, all too often people will take these under two minute tasks, they'll pack them together and call that a project and go, I just don't have any time to start anything else. I'm so busy being swamped with these small things. So yeah, don't fall into that trap. The two minute rule is just a way of getting the noise out of the way so that you can actually focus on the things that matter and not get distracted and maybe actually be able to finish them. Okay, here's another thought, you procrastinator you. You need to stop thinking of yourself in terms of a future Rick. Okay, obviously you need to put your name in there. You're probably not named Rick. But stop thinking of yourself as a future Rick and present Rick. There's only one Rick. You are unique and you have your own rhythms. Now, if you're not a morning person, then you should really ignore all that advice that says, take your hardest project and do it before 5 a.m. For instance, I'm not a morning person. I'm barely a mouth breather. I can't even open my eyes and walk at the same time. So for me, I know when I should do my hardest tasks, when I am at my most productive. I know when I'm at my weakest, when I just need to sit and veg or just tackle the smallest things possible because that's all I got the energy and mental power for. Figure out your own wreck and follow that circadian rhythm. Oh, here's the thought that might help you with your procrastination. Have you ever considered that maybe the project you're working on 
is already done? Let's go back to the shrimp and grits. Let's say I actually made those tonight using whatever ingredients I had. And all the people who consumed and ate a said shrimp and grits, they all cleaned their plate. They all made nummy, nummy, yum, yum noises and faces. Well, isn't the project complete? Didn't I do exactly what I set out to do to make the best damn Cajun shrimp and grips with andouille gravy without the andouille? People liked it. Project's done. Why do I have to worry and obsess about the fact that it wasn't done the way I really wanted it to be? Okay, let me regale you with a one more a personal story, and it's about YouTube. You see, I strive for perfection. I am the perfectionist, I can't even say that word, perfectionist procrastinator. <laughs> so when I rewatch one of my videos, it sucks. And when you edit one of these things, when I edit this podcast, I have to watch it over and over and over for hours watching my suckitude pile up. No matter what I do, it will never be perfect enough. It will never match what is inside my head. I keep thinking, what are others going to think? You know, YouTube's not going to deliver this. It's a steaming pile of crap. It is the absolute perfect storm for procrastination because if I can never match what it is that I have in my head what I see the other creators doing, I'm just going to put it off until I can. And that date will probably be never. Who? big deep breath. All right, everybody, bring it down a little bit. Getting a little excited there. You know, there are so many more aspects to procrastination that we need to discuss. You know, like the fact that if you have 54 flavors of ice cream to choose from and you can only eat one, then you lose that on 53. Maybe we shouldn't choose. Maybe we shouldn't pick at all. Maybe we should just put that decision off until later. You see how we use minor excuses to avoid starting or finishing? And that becomes a habit. Speaking of habits, there is this thing out there. It's called a keystone habit that all of the professional gurus will tell you will beat all of your procrastination, all of your productivity woes is by doing this. And the way it is, is you do one thing. You don't have to, to clean the entire house. The only thing you have to do is get the vacuum cleaner out of the closet. That's all you need to do. Or if you wanted to exercise, you don't have to go run. The only thing you have to do is put on your tennis shoes and step out your front door. The idea being that once you do that, everything falls into place afterwards. As long as you're standing there in your shoes, why not go running? You know, as long as you got their back, you get the idea. Uh, they also use this as to say, like, make your bed first thing in the morning because that will set your mindset. That one small thing will cascade. And I don't know if this works. I've tried it, but for me, not the best example of a success story, but for you, give it a shot. Maybe it'll work. You know, put on your running shoes after you make your bed and take the vacuum out and something good might happen. Let's see, what else have I got for you? You know, there are just so many more ideas that could be customized for you and reducing your tendency to put things off, but, and you know where this really horrible joke is going. I, I think I'll put those ideas off for, I'm not even going to finish it. It's a horrible dad joke. Just, We'll do another show. We'll talk more about it later. Pinky swear. I promise. Next time. Really. Okay, real quick. If you want more information on this show or anything else that we got going on into the empire that is slow the f*** down, go to rickhiggins.com. R-I-C-K-H-I-G-G-I-N-S dot com. You'll find links to everything. All of the social media, the podcast, the YouTube, the articles that we write on Medium. You name it. We have a newsletter. We've got all kinds of fun and glorious things. You'll also find ways of commenting and leaving information back. And that's the most important thing. The most, the biggest request I have of you. This is a real 
really lonely existence sitting in front of a camera microphone talking to people and not having anybody talk back. So be my friend, talk back, tell me I'm a pile of whatever and all my ideas are bunk. At least we'll have a discussion. I can talk to somebody. And with that, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.